1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad.
0: What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement.
2: Mackey and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John.
1: Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions? What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance.
0: All right, Dave Harrigan with an early questions appearance today. Twins early game in uh, Pittsburgh. Questions? early today on the Mackie and Judge show.
3: Well, let's go. You don't want to have the two compete because the twins, they would be very upset to lose a lot of listenership, obviously. So as a <laughs> thank you to Clearly, them, a little yeah. gift, let's Clearly. do this. All right, so I saw last night's Wolves game, saw Utah kick the crap out of our boys, saw Ricky go for 23 points, and <laughs> throwing daggers from all over the floor, and I got to thinking, you know, I'm one of those that always had a little soft spot in my heart for little Ricky Rubio. Sure. Cute little Ricky. Fun to watch. Playing scrappy defense. Likeable. Not so cute now. Great assistant. No, oh, I disagree. I think he's adorbs. Looks mean. Those have got to be question. like
0: wash- washable tattoos, right? Oh, yeah. He just has someone, you know, draw them No, they change every on. night.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Mickey Mouse. Ricky, what do you want tonight? I want the duck. <laughs> <laughs> Change the face. Change the face. (laughs) Uh, All right. Question number one. Aside from giving Andrew Wiggins a big old five-year max deal because I know that's going to be your answer, Mm -hmm. what is Tom Thibodeau's biggest off-the-court so roster-wise, roster construction blunder? Ooh. uh... You know,
0: mm, this is going to this is tough because you could you could almost say there was a butterfly effect of when he got rid of Ricky, when he decided that Ricky Rubio wasn't the point guard for him, they didn't know that Kyrie Irving was maybe available. So I would say the whole string of, of events that led to Rubio, Jeff Teague, instead of like Wiggins for Kyrie Irving. And maybe the Cavs don't even go for that. Maybe they just liked Boston's deal better. But if there was a way to get Kyrie Irving, if you already have Jimmy Butler and you had a chance to get Kyrie Irving and there had to have been rumblings in the playoffs, like it wasn't just a surprise to the league that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James weren't going to coexist. So I would say number one would be if you had a chance to trade Andrew Wiggins and then not sign that max contract and get Kyrie Irving, who I get he's hurt, so you'd have Kyrie and Jimmy Butler maybe hurt right now with bad knees. But still, like to put those players together... And so like he put together this roster where no one's really great at shooting threes except for Carl Anthony Towns. And Jamal Crawford's fun to watch, but he's terrible defensively. And when he's cold, he's kind of shipwrecking you all around. And he, he thinks
1: he's always hot.
0: Yeah. Like, I there's mean there's never he's, a
1: time where he's like, I shouldn't take that shot.
0: And he's definitely won you some games by just being white hot from the field, but I think I think rushing into rushing into, you know, spending all your money on these veterans who don't really have interest in playing defense and You know they're
1: not; they're all isolation players. It's just a it's an isolation roster. Uh, So Tibbs seems to, for the most part, not listen to advice at all, except for Glenn Taylor told him the Bulls trade can't be Wiggy, which would have made the most sense. So you you still get Butler, you give them Andrew, and let's say a draft pick, you potentially or or done. But my point being is you, you retain Levine, who can shoot threes, which you desperately need. So I would say his biggest. Blunder was, if you're going to go all in and be uh, stubborn and do things your way, you need to tell Glenn, no, I'm no. you hired me for this job. I'm trading Andrew. I'm not going to trade the first-round pick, who's a good player, a really good player, Dunn, who is good defensively and is, I think, improved offensively, and Zach. So I would say the biggest blunder is that seems to be the one time since he got this job that he absolutely adhered to all what he was told, and that's going to end up being a mistake. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Quick sub-question. Whenever the Tibbs era ends here, let's just say it pushes past this year uh, to go against Phil Mackey's possible sort of write-that-down prediction from Friday that was really couched. <laughs> Better chance yeah. or a contender, a pretender meaning kind of like right now, or we'll say seller-dweller, which
1: we've known far too much? I think it's pretender, and what scares me is this. If Tibbs gets blown out and now he's gone, it's back to Glenn. It's not, and so unless Glenn finally, finally gets gets it right and gets a really good young executive here like the Twins did, who, who can get the right people on board, I think it's a pretender with the with a real possibility, unfortunately, to slide backwards.
0: Well, think of it this way: if your only asset is Carl Anthony Towns, you can still. Like starting from scratch and Carl anthony Towns, a really good front office executive, can build a championship-caliber team at some point. He's that good. And maybe he's not a finished product and he's not perfect, but he's that good offensively and has potential defensively. So um, I think at worst, it's going to be pretenders where you're just trying to get in. But still, there's enough. And, and put it this way, too. if Let's say Tom Thibodeau gets—let's say Glenn Taylor's just had enough. They missed the playoffs and— they get beat a couple times by Denver, they lose at the Lakers, and they miss the playoffs by a game, and Tom Thibodeau gets ousted. Jimmy Butler is still under contract for one more year. So you can still push forward and be a playoff team, maybe with with a coach that has a better idea of putting these pieces together. Uh, Jamal Crawford, that's a one-year deal, so you could, you know, you could bring in somebody else who's maybe more defensive-minded. Uh, so do I think that Jimmy Butler is—I think he's attached to Tom Thibodeau. They're a weird, odd couple, but you still get one more year of Jimmy Butler before he takes off. So it wouldn't. there's no way that it would just be a disaster if you
3: fired Tom Thibodeau. All right, question two. Twin starters, obviously outstanding over the first series. Nobody gave up a run, Odorizzi, Gibson, and Barrios. All right, go one by one. Trend or Mirage?
0: Wow. Uh, Jose Barrios, well, nine-inning shutouts aren't going to be a trend, but him being awesome is a trend. So, trend. Jacob Odorizzi, I would say good, solid six-inning appearances. Trend. And Gibson, I need more. I'm going to say Mirage. He also walked the most batters in his outing, too. You're not going to walk five guys and get away with it. So, I'll say trend, trend. Need more from Gibson. We'll admit that I'm wrong in, like, two months from now, if it happens.
1: I'll go start by start. Uh, Trend on start one. Mirage to be replaced at some point, at least once, if not twice. Uh, in Gibson, because I think that that he's going to he's going to hit hit a slide, and then guess what? You just replace him. It's no big deal. Barrios, you're talking about, I think, an an ace pitcher, so a definite trend, a trend that is only going to trend upwards in Jose Barrios. But, so he's going to go be better than nine inning shutouts. It's gonna it's gonna be phenomenal. I'm no telling hitters. you, he's gonna be perfect he, games. He's <laughs> gonna he's gonna be a Cy Young Award contender here at some point. I'm people don't get this. Starts in which you set aside time to watch TV or going to games. It's been forever since this team has had a pitcher who you actually say, you know, I might catch him on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'm going to watch for sure on Thursday because that's a Brio start. It's been a long time.
3: A little bit of Liriano.
1: That was it. Santana before him. Yeah, Johan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just schedule it now,
0: boys. Dr. James Anders. Schedule it now. Oh, would schedule you it stop? for you August. You sound like
1: me.
3: I'm just It's probably going to happen at some I point. All right, question number three. A League of Their Own reported could be made into a TV series via Amazon. It's uh, just The Hollywood Reporter throwing that out there right now. All right, boys, let's uh, move it on then. The sports movie, aside from A League of Their Own, that you feel you mm-hmm. need to see made into a TV so- uh, series, and specifically the character character, you would like to know more about their backstory. So this
0: is such a great question. Of course it is. I propose bonus questions Whoa. when we come back here. Oh, you want to? Okay. There's no reason to rush through this. All right. I ha- five of them jumped to my mind. I don't know how many of you five? guys have, but well, I've got
3: five movies or five characters are all from different movies.
0: Well movies plus the character within the the characters oh within my. the
1: movies. Yeah. I had two immediately. So that's seven. But and I Dave's scaled it back got. but I scaled it back to one to, you know, to not exceed the question itself. No, let's which, explore which two the no, I didn't pick slap shot. That's what you're going to surprise when, the third Hanson. When we I'm come not back interested. A shocker in, in my picks,
0: but all, those guys would be dead now, so it would be tough. The Harry Doyle, the Hansons, they'd all be too old to bring back. All right, let's come back and expand with questions and Derek Wetmore on uh, on Twins at 11:30. Luther Brookdale Toyota keeps the Touch Touch 'Em All podcast alive from week to week. And, uh, and and thanks to you guys, the downloaders and listeners of the Touch Em All podcast and Luther Brookdale Toyota, a download record during spring training for us. So uh, we appreciate it. Keep subscribing and keep going to the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, where you can get into a 2018 Camry with the all new Entune system 3.0, the uh, sportier looking exterior. Also, I know it's going to be you know cold winter like weather this week, but the sportier models of the Camrys and the Corollas with the sunroof comes into play pretty clutch once the weather gets to 65, 75, 85 degrees. So go in, ask for a test drive, and find out why Luther Brookdale Toyota is the best in the industry with the best, smartest people in uh, in service and, and uh, just knowledge about what your family might be into and, and what might be a good fit for you personally. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.
2: The Mackey and Judd Show rolls on. Ready or not. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, oh, some other one. oh, that ball well hit. That ball cannot be buried in a Jewish cemetery because it just got tattooed. That was
0: another one. Brockmire, bringing the fastball. All right, ask your third question again. This is worth exploring the this space. This yes. Is good stuff.
3: Hollywood Reporter saying that uh, it's, it's being discussed putting a league of their own into a TV series, rebooting it as a TV series. Uh, Amazon would be doing this, kind of a half-hour sort of sitcom type thing, look yes. at some of the other stories that weren't told in a league of their own. So the question is, what sports movies would you like to see get the same treatment, and specifically what characters
1: would you like to have a deeper dive into? Yes. All right, I've got three. Okay. My third one is the character of Dean Youngblood from the 1986 Rob Lowe hockey film Youngblood deep dive into what's become of dean cuz i'm willing to bet he's a really big time drunk now probably fat career been done for for years <laughs> i think it'd be very sad but compelling television so i want young blood to be my third one
3: you want young blood 2 the sequel look at to what happened yeah, after yeah what
1: happened to him when he became fat and his life fell apart and just became so, sort of a sad character but i think it would be an yeah. interesting uh, television show. On uh, number two, and the sequel, the the movie sequel in this case, Sportswise, is one of the worst of all time. I want a reboot television show of Caddyshack with an exploration of Danny Noonan. Okay. <laughs> did it ever work out for him? You know, he was trying to become a pro golfer. Sure, for sure. And then my number one, and, and this would actually be my most serious answer to this question, Bull Durham, Crash Davis. I think if you did that character right, it'd be pretty good. So my top one, if I could do one of those three realistically... Crash Davis.
3: And Crash, you'd have to go back in into the past, right? Sure. Look at the but minor actually, league career where it I began. All the But I actually think it could stops. be okay.
1: I'm not saying. I, I think. I think if it was done right by an HBO or something like that, it could be actually halfway decent. I could. Lo- I could absolutely love that idea.
0: Huh? Yeah. Here is, by the way, the uh, the description of Cobra Kai according to. The YouTube trailer that came out. I
3: saw the trailer, man. It's a two minute trailer. At first
0: I wasn't sure if it was a spoof. It was if it was just a trailer like for Saturday Night Live or something, but no, it's an actual series. So in the highly highly anticipated, in the highly anticipated return of two iconic characters, the arch rivals from the legendary Karate Kid film series reunite over reunite over thirty years after the events of the nineteen eighty four All Valley Karate Tournament. Now living in the affluent hills of Encino, Daniel LaRusso leads an enviable life with his beautiful family or running a successful string of car dealerships throughout the valley. Meanwhile, his high school adversary, Johnny Lawrence, whose life has taken a rocky turn, seeks redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai karate dojo. Their lives inevitably become intertwined and the rivalry is reignited, setting forth the next generation of karate kids. In Cobra Kai, a YouTube Red <laughs> original series. Uh, I'll probably watch an episode just to see. Um, here are the five that I thought of for sports movies rebooted and then the car- the spinoff, right? The spinoff. Mm-hmm. Number five, and this is already kind of happening with Creed 2. I want to know more about Ivan Drago. Like, he was the best fighter in the world. Then he got... Did he get popped for steroids? Did he not? Like, we knew he was on steroids, but I don't think... I don't think he got tested, you know, he right. he, got, he gets beat by Rocky and then his career's over. We don't know. But apparently that's part of the storyline of Creed 2, which is coming out at some point. So that's a that's more of a self-serving one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, stick with me on this. Good, because you can do better than Drago. It, these progressively get better, okay?
3: Good. The first one was pretty poor.
0: No, and this one's going to be pretty poor too. <laughs> Mighty Ducks, Bash Bros. What happened to Fulton <laughs> and Porter? I want to know. Did they play?
1: reporter <laughs> became beers and moved.
0: Did they like? What did they become later in life? Did they? Did they? Did they get married? Like, do, you tell me. Knows? Once you find out, okay. Once you find out, you tell me. Okay. I won't subject you guys to I watch that stuff. Yeah.
1: Don't worry, I won't. Be. <laughs>
0: uh, number. Let's see here. Number three, Bull Durham. But I said Nuke Lelouch. Okay. To follow, did he? Okay. What did his career become? Did he?
1: He pitched a contact and got yeah. hit really hard. <laughs> and now he's down on <laughs> his
0: luck. He's homeless. Then he went to the KBO like yep. Anthony Swarzak. And, uh, and now he's on the streets. <laughs> eventually pitched for the Brewers. It was great. Uh, number two, The Sandlot. And I think this would have to be a reality show spinoff just following Squints and Wendy Peppercorn. What happened like to that, that relationship? Yeah. Did Solid. they have a bunch of kids? Are they the new Kardashians? <laughs> I mean, they probably had beautiful, smart kids, right? Very solid. So I like uh, that one. Wendy Peppercorn and Squints. Okay. And number one on the list would be a Happy Gilmore reprise and a spinoff looking at the entire life and times of Shooter McGavin.
3: Oh my gosh, we just had the exact yes! same number one.
2: <laughs> wow. Oh,
0: it has to be, right? Yes, it does. A movie that Judd's never seen, I don't think.
1: Oh, I've seen it several times. Oh, you have? Oh, okay, no, what it's great. The oh.
0: There was a movie in the 90s that you haven't seen. I forget which one it was. My okay. X I
1: I have not seen.
0: Okay. But no, no, that's a great but shooter, movie. Shooter McGavin. Yeah, that's a good one. So, what were your thoughts on it then?
3: My my thoughts were that exactly, Shooter McGavin to go back in time, see you know, see him as a young pro, you know, first learning the ropes, and then see him kind of become a little d baggy and start, you know, you know, all all of a sudden, you know. Season two, episode eighteen. You never see it coming. All of a sudden, he calls up his buddy, who's uh, you know running over Happy Gilmore in the uh, the Volkswagen Beetle, and you know they're meeting at the Red Lobster. Get to get some grub, huh? You know, you see when they first became friends, and you know Shooter starts undercutting the competition to yes. go win that first. You know, try to get that gold jacket he never has. Oh my yeah, gosh! How that? Yeah, oh, man. for sure, incredible. Yes.
0: And then you know, to what degree was his career derailed? by Happy Gilmore's emergence. I mean, mm-hmm. Shooter was thrown off his game in a pretty big way, and golf's kind of a fragile mindset sport. Did he, that did he, he fell apart? Is that it? Was he like David Duvall where he just couldn't get it back together and now he's on Golf Channel <laughs> next to Brandel Chambly?
3: <laughs>
1: Who knows? Just... Criticizing guys left and right.
3: <laughs> you never did it, Brandel. You <laughs> never <laughs> play a game at that level. You
0: never play the game. You don't have, have a jacket, a tour, a tour championship. <laughs> jacket like I have. I
1: like this idea. It's very good. It is very it's good. entertaining. I like Thank it. You, Judd. Yes. I'd
0: watch it. Um, I have a Twins lineup for you gentlemen if you would like to be privy to it. Yes. Okay. Leading off and playing second base, mm-hmm. Brian Dozier. Surprise. Number 2, <laughs> Joe Mauer, playing first base. Uh-huh. He was DHing yesterday. Yeah. Uh playing third base and batting third, Miguel Sanó, on pace for a lot of homers. He has two homers already. Eddie Rosario, cleanup, left field. Eduardo Escobar, shortstop, batting fifth. Max Kepler back in the sixth spot here. I forget because there's no DH, so Logan Morrison's not going to be in this lineup. Right. Uh, Kepler in right field, batting sixth. Buxton, center field, batting seventh. Jason Castro is Uh, catching and batting eighth. And then Lance Lynn, who has hitting experience. I don't know if he's a good hitter or not, but Lance Lynn Who's pitcher for the, making uh, his debut.
1: for the Bucks today? See,
3: they should put that on these when... when I can find I got Jameson right Tyone, I believe, is how you pronounce the last
1: name. Ty- uh, yeah, okay.
3: All right. All right, fair enough.
0: Um, yeah, I just like the early season. They're, they're going to be playing in stocking caps today. Do they cancel games for cold weather? Because Target Field's going to be a test case for that this week, where it might not snow... So there might not be pre- right. you know, precipitation. But, but it's going to be 37
1: degrees for a high on Thursday. I think they'll play, I think they'll try and play through it.
0: So if it's 8 degrees wind chill, would they play a baseball game? Would Dave's ninth graders play a baseball game? Like at what point oh, do you Dave's cancel a baseball game wouldn't. due to cold?
3: I want to say high school league rules. It has to be above freezing or something like that. But, I mean, we've played in cold, cold temps. Especially, yeah. well, as it might be like this year where... You have to bang the first 2 weeks of the season then you show up it's it's you, 35 and cold and a little rainy but we're going cuz
1: we got to get it in. Do you guys recall about 4 or 5 years back there was a met series in April and I want to say they played a Friday night game and it was frigid and they played it and then Saturday I think it snowed and so they banged it and and made it up In August, when the Mets had an off day with the Twins, Matt Harvey, I feel like, was
0: pitching in the makeup game.
1: And then on Sunday, it was cold again, and they played. So I bet you they would play on Thursday if it's 37 degrees. Oh yeah, as long as as long as there's no precipitation.
0: You know, I felt bad for those Minnesota United players. They lost that game one nothing. At least in football and baseball, you get a break. Okay, the innings over, or you're done playing offense, and you go back to the bench, or you can go back in the in baseball, you can go back in the clubhouse for a minute if you want to. There's, there's heaters in the dugouts and on the benches. In soccer, you're just out there for 45 minutes in stoppage time, and then you go back and then you're out there again. You're and,
3: constantly running. You're fine.
0: Yeah, but you're constantly running in football, too, and those guys are wearing more pads. I would have to think that playing soccer in 20-degree weather is pretty torturous.
1: I, I would think that being a reserve on the sideline would absolutely suck.
0: But at least you can wear a big at coat least-
1: and... Could, I think you, I'd, rather playing. Playing. I'd rather be I, playing. I think I would Unless rather I've be running. A heater, really? I'd rather yeah. be playing. I, easy. I'd rather run the the entire time than just sit there w- with a big coat on, boy, and Depends. try and stay warm. In Depends football, on what you're I mean, allowed to do You're running
3: wear. for ten seconds and then you stop for yeah. thirty to forty.
0: At least if you're three hundred fifty pounds, like you know, <laughs> fat people Sheldon are fine. Richardson. <laughs> fat people are fine. And you're bearded. There's more insulation. But soccer players are well, like one hundred thirty pounds, are just
1: fine, running around with shorts and t-shirts. you dress for it. Baseball would be the absolute worst, though. Playing the outfield and on getting, Thursday, getting
0: jammed on a ninety-five oh. mile hour pitch, too.
1: Yeah,
3: or being a ninth grade coach with no dugout.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so tough.
1: Yeah, we feel for you.
3: It's so tough.
0: Uh, <laughs> Lan- Lance Lynn, by the way, you think? Thank oh, him. he's you no know, Twins have a nat- look, career National League pitcher. He's probably used to handling the bat, right? He's he's been hitting for uh, his whole professional career. Lance Lynn has three hundred twenty-two career plate appearances. And an 085 batting average. Five extra nah, base hits. But
1: it's the true game, the way it's meant to be played. Double switches in play. Oh, my God. All day today and Wednesday, boys. <laughs> You're you can watch some that. real baseball. I just hope Paul knows exactly what he's doing. Lance Lynn has
0: 152 strikeouts and 12 walks drawn.
1: <laughs> the two most important things today are this. Double switches, which are very difficult, and nobody breaks the code. Yeah, the as, code long as, as long as the code doesn't get violated for a second consecutive day, we can Great. all sleep well as baseball fans.
0: That's a good segue. We should talk about the code being broken yesterday. Camden Yard's sacrilege, what happened? against Jose Barrios in the ninth inning. Wetmore is going to come in here talking twins when we come back. TCL Broadcast Studio. Phil Mackey. The term closer is antiquated now. Your best reliever oftentimes isn't being saved until the ninth inning. Judd Zolgad.
1: The catch, rule, and porn are the same thing.
2: I know him when I see them. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head, Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group, for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price.
4: I had a good, sharp breaking ball. Uh,
0: Pitched up in the zone and down with a fastball. Uh, Good changeup. Very much like uh, Gibson last night in a lot of ways. But uh, he was solid. Buck Showalter. You covered him. You covered the Orioles a few years ago, did. like five years ago. Showering praise on Jose Brios. We have to get to Buntgate with you at some point here, oh Derek. Oh, boy. Uh, Derek is my co-host on the Touch Em All podcast, and he covers the Twins for 1500ESPN.com. But do you think Jose Barrios, I mean, he ain't going to shut everyone out every time he pitches, but do you think this was his step into
4: that Ace category of starters across baseball? Yeah. Or are you still in full weight? No, 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 no. That was his coming out party. That's a pretty good lineup over there, and the Twins made it look bad for three games in a row. Uh, I think that the most encouraging thing you can say about Borreos is that he was as dominant and as efficient as he was, and I don't even think he featured his best pitch. For my money... Change up? For my money, his best pitch is that two-seamer that sprints across the entire plate. Now, he's had trouble spotting it in the past, but... When that pitch is on, it's an elite pitch in all of baseball. You're talking like, in, in my opinion, this is opinion, I don't have the numbers to back this up, you're talking like the Corey Kluber breaking balls, the Clayton Kershaw curve balls, the big-time fastballs that you see across the league, Severino, Chris Sale, etc., the two-seam fastball from Jose Barrios is absolutely in that category of pitch. He didn't really even use it so the other he's, day. He's dominating guys with his fastball and curve. He did throw two of them to Manny Machado in their first—it was the
0: the second half-bat of the game. And he busted him in twice, and Machado had to move his hands out yeah. of the way. And, and the yep. second time, Machado kind of looked back at the umpire like—he was he was annoyed that he almost got hit by pitches. But you know what? <laughs> you should make those hitters uncomfortable. Yes. Manny Machado is one of the most dangerous hitters in the league, and Barrios said— I'm going to back you off the plate with my two seamer, and then get you out over here in a couple pitches after this is done. So. I also covered Peace Manny
4: out. Machado in that summer, uh, spent in Baltimore covering Buck Showalter, and I can tell you that's Manny Machado. That's him saying like, get, getting hey, annoyed and stuff. Or? Come on, like, like, what are you even complaining about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, he threw a tough pitch that's going to make it harder for me to make loud contact my yeah. next time up. And then credit to Barreos, This is what I think is impressive. It's not just spot the fastball and you're great. It's Spot the fastball. Get some strikeouts with that four-seam fastball. Second time through the order, you face Machado, Adam Jones again. Mm-hmm. Drop that big breaking ball. He's got two different breaking balls, and he used them effectively the second time through. You're leaving Orioles hitters, which I said, a good lineup. You're leaving them guessing and looking bad at multiple different pitches. I think that outing was absolutely an encouraging step forward for
1: Braille. So when when you, you say that, too, how much more do, do you think is there, Derek, as far as if, yeah. if he didn't use his two— Seamer on Sunday. How much do you watch him and say? Because I I told Phil this. What I like about this kid is the progression makes perfect sense. It's he came up a couple years ago and and certainly had the stuff. Appeared intimidated at times, but then he made the step last year where where you said, "Oh, whoa, it's coming together." But you still you still said there's more there. Yes. And now what you saw on Sunday was holy cow, this is impressive. But to your point. How much more of a step is there? Well,
4: how much more is there? Does he go to a
1: no hitter? Does he he (laughs) he go to a perfect (laughs) game after that?
4: Like a two hit shutout's pretty good. John already
1: ran that take by me
0: and Dave, and we had the same answer. Like, (laughs) perfect games every time. Then
4: a super perfect game. (laughs)
0: 27 pitches. 18 18 innings, he pitches the whole thing. (laughs) He never
1: comes up. But how much, but you know, I mean, if if you're saying he didn't use his best pitch, that's that's a pretty impressive thing to save for for the guy pitching a complete game yeah. three hitter. smart
4: ass takes aside i think that there, there are two oh, things that are, that. <laughs> that are really really impressive and that's that he does have these multiple pitches that are all effective he's got i think two different breaking balls i don't know if he gets enough credit for changing that look he's got the two-seamer i just talked about his four-seamers legit mid-90s and he can run it up in the zone for swings and misses like he did yesterday and he's also got the changeup, which he only throws about ten percent of the time. But I think it can be a pretty good pitch for him. That's an ace. Like that yes. is what is the making of an ace. A big league ace. I, I don't think he's yes. quite there yet, Judd. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's one of the top twenty pitchers in baseball this year. Uh, one of the top twenty starting pitchers in all of baseball. And that's a that's a really big step forward. I I looked at him this winter and I said, okay. Good year after a disappointing kind of first tour through. But is 2017 as good as he can be? I I still think that there's more. And the flip side of that coin is you're worried about that second year step back. You always are. You have to be. Hey, this guy had a good showing. We all assume he's going to build off of it. But how many times, guys, have we seen it go the other way? And he kind of struggles that next time around. I think it would be a big big development for the twins if beraeus is that top 20 25 pitcher in baseball and he's perfectly capable of being that guy yeah
0: what it's and it's something that you almost you have to have that and then probably get another one like that if you want to win the world series in in today's game or have sure or have a bullpen that can just like like the yankees bullpen um oda is going to be one to watch because he had in 2015 against the toughest offensive division in baseball, where you're facing the Blue Jays lineup. And this is three years ago now, so Jose Batista was still viable, and Edwin Encarnacion, and uh, Josh Donaldson may have been in Toronto at that time. I know that he was, he that he faced Josh Donaldson. Yankees lineup, Red Sox. And that guy had a 3.30 ERA in that division. He could still have that in him in a weaker division, could... Jaco DeRizi I don't think is a number 1 ace caliber starter like Barrios but in him as a former first round
4: pick is a rock solid playoff caliber rotation guy. Yeah, that's I, my thought on him. Well, and he's not alone in that regard. The Twins added Lance Lynn who's pitching today and watch I'm going to say this and he'll get shelled, but he is a perfectly capable number 3 starter. Jaco DeRizi, same deal. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson I think is a perfectly capable number 3 starter if he has legitimately taken that ne- next step forward I think he has. So you're now talking about a rotation that's pretty interesting. You get Irvin Santana back. Trevor May should be healthy June 1st. I'm not saying that this is the best rotation in baseball by any means, but I do think that it's a big, significant step forward for the Twins coming off of what they had last year, how many pitchers they had to toss out there and just basically beg them to start a game. Mm -hmm. Hey, will you please try to get through three innings and then we'll go to the bullpen as soon as we have to. Now... Even if somebody gets hurt, like Irvin Santana, they're able to absorb that injury much, much more capably than they were last year. And Odorizzi is a big reason why. Basically get him for nothing this winter, and I think he's going to be a rock-solid mid-rotation starter.
1: Do you still uh, try and start May at this point when when he comes back, or do you, with with the potential depth of of the rotation, Derek, Yeah, bring him back as a bullpen guy, possibly groom him to be a starter in 2019, but except the fact that he can pitch out of the bullpen for you uh, when, when he does come back Just, in what, June?
4: Yeah, my personal opinion is that he's a starting pitcher. Right. I would try I to have him in yeah. the starting rotation. I would I would expire every possibility that that won't work first. I That's my plan A, B, and C with Trevor May. But circumstances could dictate something different. I mean, you've got five or six starters that are healthy and rolling. Well then maybe look to the bullpen with a guy like May. I had somebody on – I did a Facebook live chat yesterday for 1500 on just the uh, seventh inning. I just took over the Facebook page and was like, hey, any questions? And somebody asked, is Trevor May a closer candidate? Now, that's getting five steps too far ahead of ourselves, but he does have the stuff. I could absolutely see that happening. There would be a number of things that would have to break first for that to even be a conversation. But I do legitimately consider Trevor May – when he's healthy, one of the five best starters in this organization right now. So
0: I would say I'm very curious to see if he can be a starting pitcher too, because obviously um, if, if you can get 180 to 200 innings out of a really good pitcher, you would rather do that than only get 60 or 70 innings out of a really good pitcher. But for the purposes of this year, because of rotation depth and Fernando Romero is 23 years old, starting at AAA, he'll be ready unless he gets shelled, you know, as a, if he gets shelled at AAA, then his clock will slow down in terms of when he's going to get called up. Uh, it makes more sense for me. Trevor may limit the innings, bullpen roll this year, get him back up against major league hitters, and then maybe next year you look to depending on what happens with Lance Lynn's contract. It's you know it's going to expire. Kyle Gibson then you can explore him as a starting pitcher. So my guess is he comes back as a reliever, but that doesn't mean he
4: can't be a starter in the future. Sure. I just think the Twins did fairly well to add good arms to their rotation this winter. Lance Lynn on a one-year $12 million deal looks pretty good, and then it looks great when you compare it against what Alex Cobb, basically the same pitcher, got in Baltimore. I mean, four-year, was it $57 million yep. when you— Count deferred money. Yes, that's correct. That's a lot of money for basically another mid-rotation starter. The Twins got it for 1-12. and And then they give up their fourth best shortstop prospect, by all accounts, for another solid mid-rotation starter in Jake Odorizzi. Now if Jose Barreos takes that next step forward, if Kyle Gibson is legitimately here now, which it looked like he was over his final 12 starts last year— that's a really solid rotation in terms of depth. Now, they still don't have, like, Chris Archer. They don't have Clayton Kershaw, unless Borreos kind of plays himself into that the back end of that mix. But I don't know that you even need that ace to get to October. This Twins team, as it's currently constructed... I think could win 90 games and be in the playoffs with the starting rotation that it has right now.
0: Yeah. And they have so much ammunition. If they want to make a move, they can make a move. Um, now they might lose their next three games. And the tone of this conversation says this is the, this is the nature of baseball too, where Take I the temperature you, today. Yeah. Like you and I were talking on the podcast yesterday, Logan Morrison, what do you think? Oh my God, he doesn't have a hit yet. And he's just looking pretty bad in three games. Well, Logan Morrison might be bad for two or three weeks for all we know. And he's not playing today because he's a designated hitter and Joe Maurer is going to play first base, but no matter what, I think you have to combine, okay, it's early, small sample sizes don't mean anything, but if it's something like
4: Jose Barrios and he's validating what we think he can be, maybe put a little more stock into something like that. I put stock into his start and definitely Odorizzi's start. The fastballs looked good. They were hitting their spots. Odorizzi was getting swings and misses against the Orioles. Here's another guy who didn't even use all of his repertoire. He did use his fastball a lot. It's all untapped. Yes, it's exactly right. They, well, so you don't want to show too much. Everything's untapped. <laughs> if the Yankees what you're are... telling
1: me is they threw their secondary pitches and still won. The Yankees are
4: advanced <laughs> scouting for that October series. You don't want to show too much. Don't give them too much of the playbook.
1: So no, 14 at-bats, two home runs, eight strikeouts. Do you just shrug at this point? Yes. And just say that's just him? Two good signs. One,
4: he has that... Andrew Cashner tries to come inside with a two strike fastball, and he's just like, no chance, sure. he's just, zero chance you're getting that by me. I'm pulling that out of the seats to left field. Sure. The
0: Orioles pitchers, like, it's been a thing for them for years. Yeah, like, they just going to be a long season. Yeah.
4: Andrew Cashner, Andrew but, Cashner is one of those guys where every time he's on a new team, you think really like there's huh? another team's giving year that game. guy a chance. Huh? Huh. All right. Well, and the other good signs, if you want to call it that, from Sano. Oppo power yesterday, that was impressive to be able to hit that ball so far out to right, right center. And he hasn't embarrassed himself in the field. I mean, he's a big guy, and I gave him criticism for that in spring training, coming to camp out of shape. But the plays that he was given this weekend at third base, he made them. He makes the charge play. He makes the backhanded arm play. He's an impressive third baseman, especially when you look at him compared with other guys who play the position. So... It's just one weekend. Let's not rush to judgments and say he's probably going to play 156 games this year or that's, anything like and that's that. That's the important thing. We'll wait and see. Yes. But the early signs, despite the strikeouts, I think it could find a lot of positives for Sano, too. Yeah. The only thing with him at third base, you look at if you're gonna if you're gonna reverse
0: engineer a great third baseman. Okay, Nolan Arenado. Let's start with him. Yeah. Okay. What what are his what are his dimensions? Well, he's about six foot two, six foot three, and he's like 220 pounds. Okay, well, I got a guy over here who's about 280 to 300 pounds. Uh, is it possible you can be as cat-like as the Arenados and the Josh Donaldsons? And the answer is no. No. Right? <laughs> yeah, can sure. Can you stick at third base? You'd like to see him more nimble, and you'd like to see
4: him not, you know, laboring after he runs 20 feet to yeah. catch a pop-up. But... but the only thing I really want to see him improve is consistency staying on the field, and then it's that play going to your left. Like, Unless you have Andrelton Simmons playing at shortstop, you need to be able to make some plays to your left, and we haven't seen that much from Sano. But the charge play coming in on a bunt, or the backhanded play where he just plants a foot and fires he a rocket over, play, front, yeah. he can make He's both of those just as good as just as good as the uh, Donaldsons and Arenados, But the. I'm not comparing them as third basemen. The whole whole package is not quite there yet for Sonata.
0: All right, we had outrage yesterday after the game was over. Brian Dozier leading the outrage. We'll talk about Buntgate when we come back. Derek Wetmore talking twins with us from the TCL Broadcast Studios. You
4: know what time it is?
0: Mackie and Judd are back.
2: Stand to your duty. On 1500 ESPN.
3: Join Manny Hill and 1500 ESPN at Uptown Tavern, Minneapolis, 730 to 930. Tonight for the ultimate college basketball tournament viewing party. Big game tonight. There'll be also basketball Pong. Plenty of prizes, fantastic beer specials. It's all sponsored by Dos Equis. Uptown Tavern with Manny. 730 tonight. More details, 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events.
2: Bunting for a base hit. They'll get one as that one's going to stay fair. Well, there Fans you go. Stand up and applaud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, they give it to you, take it.
0: Yes, and that should be the end of it. <laughs> oh. But now, according to Brian Dozier, who's a great player, but I don't understand why he views baseball the way that he does sometimes. So, if you're Chance Cisco on that spot, all right, and your team is dying to get a base runner down seven to nothing, you're trying to win the game still if you're the Orioles, right? And Jose Barrios has been untouchable all day, and the defense is shifting you to the right side of the infield, and you get up there and you drop a bunt down, are he supposed to call timeout and say, hey, real quick? I just want to check with Doge out there. Doge, hey, um, uh, Miguel, hey, I'm thinking about dropping a bunt, but I just want to make sure it's not disrespectful, okay? So I just, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to bunt, but I'm kind of thinking about it. Am I going to offend you at all, or right. are we good?
4: Well, there's some nuance there, too. You guys just played the Gary Thorne clip. He's the Orioles uh, color commentator. He's awesome, yeah. There's some nuance there that I watched that highlight from the O's perspective, and I think they were a little annoyed at Chance Cisco for dropping down the bunt, which is like... What are we doing here, guys? What? Why Why is it okay for the Twins up 7-0 with a guy like Borreos de- dealing, like absolutely mowing them down? You're scratching and clawing to try to get any kind of a rally started. And then they put on the advantageous play to try to take away more base hits from you. To shift, yes. An extreme infield shift where Miguel Sano <laughs> is standing on second base and everybody else is on the other side of the infield. Where in this unwritten rule book does it say that you can't take that free base hit? By you're trying to maximize your odds, the Twins are trying to maximize theirs. Chancisco is well within his right. I think the outrage 100%. is ridiculous.
1: The kid did the exact correct thing.
4: And apparently, this is something they've talked about in Orioles spring training. That hey, since I covered the t- this 2013, we're going back a ways now. That Chris Davis. Hit, I think he hit 53 bombs that year, and every time he put the ball in play on the ground, it was a pull. So you started to see, like, this is, I mean, even before everyone was shifting, everyone was shifting Chris Davis because you just put four fielders over there and some of his ground balls to short right field would be ground outs. Mm -hmm. All right? That's the smart strategy if you're trying to take away hits from Chris Davis. I talked to their hitting coach at the time, and I said, isn't there the case to be made that he should just, like, Learn to do what Joe Mauer does. I, I've been watching Joe Maurer for a number of years and like just learn to sort of just inside out that thing and go the other way. And the hitting coach at the time said, uh, yes, like there are free hits there, but it's not as easy as just saying doing what one of the best hitters in baseball can do. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Fast forward to two thousand eighteen spring and, training. And Joe Maurer, by the way. Has it's the opposite, going, like he, going the other he way. He hits the ball in two spots as well. So when Joe Mauer opens up on an inside fastball and pulls it to right field, and you had shift going the other way, is that bush league? Is that going against the rules? Because well, we had the shift going this way, and he hit it over here. Yeah. Or does it depend on the time of game? Well, that Mauer's allowed to that's pull the, the ball.
1: Thing. And and you're okay. So if you actually if you change your stance and, and spray the ball towards left field as a hit, that's fine. But if you bunt, it's not fine. H- hockey used to be the stupidest sport of the code, right? The the code is if you do this, you're going to get hockey beat up. Hockey might still be the stupidest no, sport of No, the baseball code. has now surpassed it. Okay. Ba- baseball has—and here's what drives me nuts. <laughs> I mean, in
0: hockey, you can't step on the logo in the room. It's I mean, they're, they're they both— And it, you have to call it the nowadays. room.
1: No, yeah. ba- ba- you can't call like, it the locker room. You your, <laughs> the room. Guy, your guy's sport has surpassed it. And, they're and, both very pretentious. And, I'm yeah. but, but here's what drives me nuts baseball is full it's filled with some of the brightest young minds right analytics and these people are really smart well, and f- front office yes, yes no, no but my point is these th- this thought process has been incorporated into baseball which should mean that what the kid did in bunting was very smart he took advantage of a situation he bunted and got a hit and instead instead you got doge and Complaining, You got Brio saying, I don't care if he bunts, but it's bad for baseball.
0: It's, it's not good for baseball. It's there, might bad. Have for, there might have been a translation well, but thing the there, point, too. But, but.
1: but the point being is everyone should have said, if we shift, he can bunt." Right. That should it's, have been the end. It's very you, simple. That should have been your answer. It's very Do, simple. If you're Dozier, that's your answer. If we elect to, because shifting means you're continuing to play the game, which is great. You're you trying to be. maximize your yeah. percent you chance are, of winning. But you yes. are professional athletes, yes. and so the Twins were attempting to do their job. And But now they're saying, but the Orioles kid, because he's young, because he doesn't know better. That's the insinuation. I that's a ridiculous Matt,
4: go get him out. Go get him out. I was talking yes. about Orioles 2013 and like, ah, oh, can Davis go the other way? Can he just beat this thing? It was a point of emphasis in spring training this year for Buck, Showalter, and the Orioles to beat Shifts. Hey, if they're going to play these heat maps and say, hey, this is where we hit it most often, we should try to take advantage. And yes. look, if they're going to give you a free base hit, then take it. The Especially Twins did twice you're...
0: this weekend. Rosario dropped a bunt down, mm-hmm. and Kepler, with just a good piece of kind hitting, of a squib hit. Yeah. hit a little, you know, it was like, a, you know, like 80 miles an hour off the bat. It wasn't a scorcher, but it was a
4: double. He went the other way. He took a fastball the other way. Yeah, but Phil, it wasn't a seven-run lead at that point. So that's a good point, yeah. That you got to know when it's okay to steal hits. I love Dozier
0: saying, too, I mean, how condescending and pretentious is him saying, I was going to say something on second base. But they've got great veteran leadership over there. Brutal! And then, of Brutal. course, I think the Orioles veteran leaders. Dave found this before the show. Like The Orioles veteran leaders are like, uh, we, you know don't, what's we don't, great? We don't yeah. give a crap. Brian Dozier
4: said. was not born here in Minnesota, but that is a perfect Minnesotan answer. The most passive-aggressive, condescending thing you could possibly yeah. say is, well, I would have taken care of it, but I'm sure their guys over there. They got some... Some good veterans. They're gonna take care he of Adam names. Jones, yeah, Chris Davis. They're, I'm sure they're gonna handle it. You know, I don't know if you guys saw this quote from a Rock Kabatko blog. He's a, he's a, I think he works at uh, Mass and Sports now. Covers the Orioles. It, Orioles Insider, Rock Kabatko is talking to Brady Anderson, who's a, you know, like an executive VP and. Baltimore's front office. And Brady
1: had this to say, which he had is one
0: huge year in the front office yeah. too. And it's been kind of <laughs> mediocre. Since yeah, since. And we're
4: not which sure suspicions yeah. of that great year, <laughs>
1: except he was taking a lot of shots in his butt back then. too. And so
4: his point on this like veteran leadership thing, Brady did exactly what you should say to a condescending remark like that, which was, is he being Brian Dozier? Is he the arbiter of how the game should be played? Yeah. Here's a continued quote from that rock tobacco piece by Orioles exec, Brady Anderson. Chance's age is irrelevant, and although we do have veteran presence here, that type of advice was not needed because he did what was correct, which was to reach base any way possible, end quote. Amen. Brady Anderson, the voice of reason for the Orioles in this. And they started a rally. They load the bases. They give themselves a chance against a pitcher who, basically, all day, they had no chance. I don't even get how this has turned into a point of contention. It should have been over as soon as it started. Oh, Miguel Sano was the only guy even close to the left side of the infield. That was our choice. Well, they made the counter move. Okay. This is, Phil and I talked about this on the podcast the other day. This is the NBA team that packs the paint and they get mad when you shoot three-pointers over them and shoots you out of the gym.
0: We're going to pack the paint because, you know, we're up by 25. We're going to pack the paint because we don't need to drive. But if you shoot a three, it's also... We
1: really don't want any easy layups, so is, we're going to pass the paint. This is why your, your code. Yeah. But don't shoot over us. This is why your code now for baseball is worse than hockey. Okay, but here's the, right.
0: here's the difference, though. Most fans look at the code and say, that's absurd. Whereas hockey fans surround themselves was, and drape themselves with the code. There was an
1: insinuation on the Twins radio the broadcast that the room. yesterday yeah. that when the Orioles come here in July, the yes. Twins will take care of this.